All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Had a bit of a break this weekend, but we're back on a Wednesday night. Nathan isn't back. He's enjoying himself on the beach. He's kind of lame, but we'll get through it. Ian Cummings and Jacob Kamaker, thanks again for joining us. Training camp is happening right now. We've been giving you daily breakdowns on that, and there's been some developments. You'd never want to overreact to training camp, but there's been some players who've stood out, some players who haven't done as much as they should, some injury scares, but... Looking at the roster right now, we can kind of have an idea of how it might look. There's that fringe area where it's, there's a lot of questions. So uh, we're just going to talk about that a little bit today. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, you know. I'm down here in North Carolina. It's rainy as heck, but uh, <laughs> we're good. It's a good night for a podcast. Yeah, great night for a podcast. Honestly, nothing else going on. I guess I'll start first just thinking, I'll start with the running back position because something interesting happened with uh, Byron Marshall. You know, people were talking about him as a potential sleeper all offseason, but uh, so far in training camp, I saw someone say he's a lock to make the roster, and that kind of throws things up because now we were talking about how Robert Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan are both going to make the roster probably. You know, they got the most experience, but that's all up in the air now. It's crazy. I mean... Yeah, running back, that whole Byron Marshall thing, like, we always knew Jay Gruden kind of liked him. Like, he'd been talking him yeah. up, and it was kind of like, if they're going to keep it back up to Chris Thompson, you know, a lot of people wanted Capri Bibbs, but it seemed like Marshall had the edge there. But it seems very likely that they're going to keep a traditional backup to Chris Thompson because Thompson himself has said that he's not realistically going to be 100% until about November. John Kime pointed out that that doesn't mean he's not going to play, but they're going to need a security blanket. So I think it's Marshall who's really earned that job as of right now. Bibbs is still challenging him, but... That looks to be locked in as the fourth running back on the roster, and now there's a battle between Rob Kelly and Samaje Pirine for kind of that fourth and final spot as technically the number three running back behind Geis and Thompson. Now, what what are your thoughts on that? I, I know I had something up today about Pirine. Who would you rather have in that situation, Kelly or Pirine? You know, it's interesting putting me on the spot because I still don't know. A whole offseason of writing about <laughs> the Redskins, and I, I, I have no clue, to be honest, because Rob Kelly, his rookie year, he was pretty good, you you know, I mean, he wasn't great. Definitely had his limitations, but he finds the hole and he can grind out some yards. I know Samaj P. Ryan drafted him in the fourth round. He did good things for us last year, but he had some issues too. I mean, they're both kind of similar players to me. You know, I don't want to say receiving ability is going to be the deciding factor because the Redskins clearly are favoring a system where they have a receiving back to back up Chris Thompson. So I don't know if that's going to matter. I think it's just going to be who plays better. If I had to choose right now, putting me on the spot, I'd choose P. Ryan. He's younger. I don't want to say he has more upside, but, you know, it's just the youth thing. Running backs, you know, they tend to, the, the tread on the tires tends to wear quicker. I completely agree with you, and that's what I was writing about earlier today. I wrote about how oh, yeah. if they had to choose between Kelly and Pirine, like, I said the same thing as you. They're kind of similar players, but Pirine has only one year in the Redskins system, and he's three years younger. And Kelly also dealt with injury problems last year. I, I know that's a small sample size, and he wasn't injured as a rookie, but... You know, just having that surefire thing, like anyone get hurt at any time in the NFL, but P. Ryan hasn't been hurt. And, you know, I I liked what I saw out of him last year at times. He had a couple hundred-yard games with poor blocking in front of him. So, you know, maybe with another offseason of growth and some better um, blocking in front of him, he could really become that, like, number two part of the one-two punch with Geis and then Thompson and Marshall filling in as the receiving backs. But either way, no matter who you choose – 
you're going to be in a good situation there. And the only thing that might give Kelly the edge is he might have the ability to play some fullback because I think he played that position in college. Gruden said that in a press conference today, I think. J.P. Finley reported it, that Gruden actually went out and said, you know, Kelly might play some fullback. And I know people have been freaking out about Elijah Wellman. Oh, we have a fullback on the roster. Let's keep him. But, you know, it's always been more likely that Gruden's going to do what he's always done and has used another player to another position to play that. You know, he's used Niles Paul there occasionally. He used Ryan Anderson there a couple times last year. So just to be conservative and save a roster spot. So Kelly has the edge there. P. Ryan's younger, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, I do have a confession. I did not read your article before saying that, so I'm off the hook there. But yeah, but yeah, totally good. I never accuse you of copying, so you're all, you're all good. All right, yeah, that's a relief, man. Yeah, but well, you're not off the hook for not reading my article. Oh, okay. I, I'll read it. I'll read it, and you guys should too if you haven't yet. You know, step on our site and just read that real quick. It's a quick read, one pager, uh, a lot of good stuff there. But yeah, I think we're both in agreement. I think we're both copying each other here when we're saying it's going to be guys. Chris Thompson, Byron Marshall appears to be the front runner at pass catching, you know, the third down back. So we'll just pencil him in there. Although Capri Bibbs could slip in. He was showing some excitement at the end of the year last year. So he could slip in. I'm a fan of Capri Bibbs, but Byron Marshall, I'll be honest, you know, there's not a lot out there on him. You know, he didn't play much in Philadelphia. You got to go back to college for a lot of that. You know, Capri Bibbs, at least he had some time in Denver. So, and then we both have some AJP Ryan. Uh, What do you think of the last two guys? Because I mentioned Bibbs a little bit, Martez Carter. I've heard he has not been Mr. Excitement in training camp. You think practice squad for Carter, Bibbs just gets off the hook? Yeah, I'm not sure if Bibbs has practice squad eligibility left at this point. I'm not great at following the practice squad rules, and I don't know how long Bibbs has been around. I think it's his third season, though. I think they're more likely to keep Carter on the practice squad as a backup receiving type back. I know Bibbs could fill that role too. If Bibbs has practice squad eligibility, they'd probably keep him over Carter. I liked Carter's tape when I watched him, and he reminded me a little bit of Tariq Cohen. Um, He was not as explosive or as fast as Cohen, but I see a little bit of upside there. So I'd be apt to keep him if I could. Realistically, all six of these running backs, and even Elijah Wellman at fullback, could have a chance of making the roster in a normal year. If they didn't have so much good depth, I think we'd be talking about like having Bibbs or Carter make the roster. And like you said, Bibbs could still beat out Marshall. That's going to last throughout the entire preseason. That's going to be really a battle to watch, so that'll be fun. I feel like that's why everyone's so excited for training camp, because we're finally getting to see these players. But training preseason, we're going to get to see them playing against actual competition, You know, playing full-speed football, pads, helmets. That's going to be exciting. For sure. And I think that's where they changed the cut policy, the cut day policy. So it's all on the last day. So for the entirety of preseason, we're going to see these guys duking it out. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm actually I'm pretty excited. So Capri Bibbs was undrafted in 2014. He was a younger rookie, though, so I think he's like 24, 25 right now. So there's some upside there. There's some upside with Byron Marshall. The good thing about this running back group, and it feels good to say that we have depth because Darius Geis, God forbid Darius Geis gets injured, but we got Samaj P. Ryan there, and he has starting experience, so it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you look at last year, we had like 9, 10 running backs on the roster. But at the end of the year, it was like Samaj P. Ryan, LaShawn Daniels, Dar- Daria Gumbawale, 
um, Kenny Hilliard, all these guys who like aren't in the league right now, along with P. Ryan. It was just a nightmare. So I'm glad they have depth there now. Hopefully they won't have to use all of it, but it's good. The other position on offense they have a lot of depth at is receiver. Nice and, transition. Nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I tried for it. <laughs> um, so they have a lot of depth there, and their top players have been performing very well thus far in training camp. Um, Doxing Crowder and Richardson, all three of them, at different points through the first six camp sessions, have performed very well and um, earned praise from the media and the coaches. So I'm excited to see them in action. Behind the top three guys, I guess, who are the three guys that you think would be on the inside of the bubble right now? I've had a list all offseason. I don't think I've changed it once. I'm going to stick to it. I've got Trey Quinn at number four. I saw that he took a first-team rep today, and I was so excited. Nathan told me I need to get a Trey Quinn jersey before this is all over. So that's going to happen somewhere down the line. But Jay Gruden loves him. He's not going anywhere. After him, I like Brian Quick. He's flashed, and I think he's the oldest receiver in that room by four years. So he's got some experience, and I know he's not like the assertive proven veteran like maybe Pierre Garcon was but that experience holds value and I think Quick will be the guy to you know help along a younger position group and he's shown flashes and he was talented in his in the year before he came to Washington he had a career year like 44 catches 500 yards over 500 yards so it's not like he's a nobody there a lot of people talk about him like he's just training camp fodder like he's bound to get cut he's not he's talented and I think he's gonna stick around and then after him I know Maurice Harris has been shining so is Robert Davis though I'm gonna go with Robert Davis. He's got 4-4 four, four speed, 6-3. You know, you like to think with those traits, he can be really good. As training camp goes along, we're going to see him growing. We've already seen him kind of flashing. He's been one of those guys, one of those uh, training camp practice warriors. I'm curious to hear your take. Do you agree with me or you think Maurice Harris gets a shot? Because I know a lot of people think Harris doesn't get his due. So I am so torn on the potential sixth receiver that they could keep. I, I think Trey Quinn's a lock to make the team, and I'm in your camp with Robert Davis as well. The one player we have a slight disagreement on is Brian Quick, and it doesn't stem from his talent level at all. I like Brian Quick as a player, and like you said, the year before he came to Washington, he had a career year with the Rams in what was a bad offense before Sean McVay went out there. So I liked his upside last year. And they just never really used him. And I still don't entirely understand why. Because Doxon was all right at times, and he improved towards the end of the year. Terrell Pryor was obviously a huge bust. But they used, like, Ryan Grant, Jamison Crowder, and then Doxon for most of the snaps. And I was just kind of like, why aren't they giving Brian Quick a chance? Like, do they not trust him? Is he not looking good enough right now? So for that reason, I think he's... Firmly on the bubble. In my latest last five in, first four, or first five out, I did have Quick making the roster as that sixth receiver, but it's not a lock. Like you said, Maurice Harris has been playing very well, and he has excellent hands. Like He's a great route runner with great hands, so that could easily earn him a job. I like Simi Cobbs. He has great size. It could be a red zone threat. Same with Cam Sims. So I think those four players... And five, if you lump in Robert Davis, those four or five players are going to be competing for one or two spots on the roster. And I just can't, I cannot pick one right now. But I guess if I had to, I think I might, I think I might go with Maurice Harris over Brian Quick. And that's not a knock on Quick. I just still don't understand why Gruden didn't use him last year. Yeah, for sure. I remember, yeah, they didn't use him. Uh, And then... 
Seattle game, he they finally used him down the stretch. I remember that final, you know, everyone remembers that catch by Doxon, but I think one or two plays before that in the drive, Kirk Cousins, he was in the pocket. To his credit, he stood in the face of pressure, delivered a bullet to Brian Quick, who was heading towards the sideline. He hauled it in, got hammered, and hung onto the ball. I remember that. That was a great catch by Quick, but you can't judge him on one catch because that's what a lot of people do with Maurice Harris and his Vikings grab, too, so... It's oh, yeah, that was incredible. That but... was incredible, yeah. I, the instant he caught it, I was like, he caught it, and the refs called it off. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, that was, that was, that was fun stuff. That was fun stuff. And now we're trying to choose between them, so that's fun. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because from, oh. from what I've been hearing reports in training camp, they're all doing well. And, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but <laughs> it's a tough decision is going to have to be made. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see if they opt for for more veteran presence in that receiving core too, either in the form of Quick or Harris, guys who have been there longer. Depending on Josh Doxson's injury, I know it's not a big deal right now. I think he just bruised his shoulder or sprained his AC joint, something along those lines. That was the big injury scare of today. It looked worse than it was according to reports, but, you know, uh, just in case that acts up at any point, I'm wondering if they'll keep Quick or Harris around, just have at least a veteran they know they can trust and throw into the lineup. We were talking about this, we were texting, about Kevin Hogan and his status as the third quarterback, and we're talking about receivers now and the injury problems. I know Paul Richardson's had a couple instances where he got he, he got dinged up a little bit. He hasn't sat out yet, but he got dinged up, and he's a he's a kind of a a skinnier guy, lankier, kind of less durable. And then we got Doxon and his injury concerns. And uh, would you consider, because we got so much depth at the receiver position, would you consider Kevin Hogan is expendable at this point? Because, you know, no matter how he plays, he he's in control of his own destiny. But no matter how he plays, Colt McCoy just got extended a year. And it's like a, it's like a null and void thing, though. So if he doesn't meet certain criteria, they can void the extension. But he got extended. That's that's set in stone right there. Alex Smith is a starting quarterback. I mean, would you consider cutting Hogan and keeping seven receivers, keeping Quick and Harris? I don't know if I'd necessarily consider keeping seven receivers because that might just be a little bit of overkill because you'd have to sit one every game day. Yeah. I think they'd be more apt to just keep six and have to make that tough decision to cut either Quick or Harris. Um, as of right now, I do not think Hogan is close to making the roster. And uh, for the reasons that you said, Alex Smith is entrenched as a starter. McCoy got that one-year extension to be the backup and continue to do that. And Hogan just doesn't have great passing ability. He he has the traits, and he came up in a Stanford offense that uh, translates well to the pro game. But he's more of a running quarterback, and he just doesn't have that accuracy or downfield ability yet. He's very raw. He needs time to develop. And at this point, if you're going to keep him on the roster, it would be as a project. So why not just cut him and try to stash him on the practice squad? Because if you end up in a situation where Kevin Hogan is your starting quarterback this year, you're not in good shape anyway. (laughs) So I'd be fine losing him to another team that wants to sign him as that third-string quarterback. Because I think they have so much depth elsewhere, and they can get a quarterback in the 2019 or 2020 NFL drafts, if we're looking that far ahead, um, that could be equal to or better than a Hogan. So um, 
Yeah, I would definitely cut Hogan. Keeping seven receivers, I guess I'd consider, but I think they have to spread the wealth a little bit more on offense and defense. So I don't know if they would actually do that. Well, what would you do in that situation, though? I mean, it was just something that came to my mind, honestly. I don't even know, but it, it kind of spreads all across the roster. We got a lot of depth at other places or places that maybe we don't necessarily have proven death, but maybe you want to keep an extra guy like on the interior offensive line. So, you know, Kevin Hogan does, he, he does become expendable there because, you know, he's the third quarterback. We don't necessarily need that. A lot of, a lot of other stuff you need, like a third tight end or something. That's the first one that comes to my mind, but he's expendable for sure. So, and on the Kevin Hogan spectrum, I like Kevin Hogan. I like his, uh, his potential uh, in Jay Gr- with Jay Gruden and, you know, developing him and stuff like that. I, I like him. You know, I thought he was a competitor in Cleveland, but uh, his first start wasn't great. When he came in to that one game, I can't remember who it is against, but he came in like mid-game and went 16 for 19 for 200 yards. And he, he played pretty well, but uh, anyone can flash on short notice and then uh, throw a clunker the next game. So, he definitely has a lot of work to do. Uh, I, I want to. I have to be the wet blanket here before we move on to another position. Uh, you talked about Simi Cobbs and Cam Sims, and those undrafted guys. I personally, I don't see any of them making the roster. I don't see a scenario where any of them make the roster, just because we've been talking about Quinn, Quick, and Harris all all day, and there's a reason for that. You know, they're more established. And I know Quinn was one pick away from being an undrafted free agent, but, you know, some guys thought he should have been drafted way higher, myself included. So, you know, I think – and he's proven that in camp. He's done a really good job. They all have, but at this point, I don't see enough separation for them to say, hey, you know, let's take this undrafted guy and take a chance on him. That's just my take. You know, I don't know. I just I don't see it right now. Yeah, I get that, especially because of the veteran talent they have at the receiving core. Um, I don't necessarily buy the whole, like, they're undrafted, they're not necessarily talented thing. Because yeah. Simi Cobbs actually had some analysts giving him, like, third-round grades. Lance Zierlein, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think Zierlein had him. I think Charlie Campbell and Walt Cherpinski had him. If not on day two, then very early day three. Um, so... I, I don't buy into the whole where they're drafted type thing all the time, uh, but I do think they're going to have a tough time making the roster over those veteran guys, but they're perfect stash candidates for the practice squad. And then, you know, if one of our guys gets hurt, you can call them up, give them a shot. Um, I like Simi Cobbs' upside long-term. I like Cam Sims too, but Simi Cobbs was, I think, my favorite undrafted free agent. If not, that would be Quinn Blanding. But those two guys I really liked um, off the bat. But, yeah, no, your argument makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I, I kind of, I don't know. Simi Cobbs was a guy, you know, I, I probably would have liked him more if we didn't have so many guys just like him. Like, he's an athletic guy. He's a tall guy, but he, he doesn't have the top end speed. We got we got guys like that all across the board. Like, we got Maurice Harris and, you know, Brian Quick. Brian Quick's a little more athletic, a little faster. But, you know, we have a lot of those tall guys, a lot of those guys who might, you know, be good red zone threats. Uh, you know, just I, I like that versatility, which is why I'm such a big fan of Trey Quinn. But, no, I, they're both talented guys, and it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough to kind of weed them out. I think – Simi Cobbs would be harder to stash on the practice squad, but I can see it happening because there's some guys in the past few years where I didn't expect them to get stashed and the Redskins managed to do it. 
Uh, Fish Smithson was that guy last year. I expected someone who was in need of safety help to kind of snatch him up. Redskins uh, just put him on there, like no trouble. So hopefully we'll be able to keep Cobbs and Cobbs and uh, Sims around for another year because, you know, if, if they have the time to develop, they could be really good. Yeah, exactly. And I think the reason the players don't get claimed as much as people think they are it's because NFL teams have to make so many cuts and there's so many players they like out there that they're just kind of like, oh, I might like this guy, but I have a guy who's fairly close. So. And they're, they're the only team that has firsthand experience. Like if he's in your camp all offseason, you're like, or if he's not in your camp, like let's say I'm the Bills and I'm looking at Redskins players getting cut, you know, I'm going to prefer my guys because I've seen them for four weeks now, kind of watched them progress and stuff. So yeah, it, there's that local preference too, so. You know, I, I hope we, do, I hope we're able to though, because, like I said, they got potential. Like you said, they got potential, and we have some uncertainty in the wide receiving core coming up with Crowder and you know Doxon heading to into his fourth year. So it's going to be interesting for sure. And another area we have uncertainty on sticking still with offense is that offensive line. Uh, you know, the starting unit looks pretty good, and. I, Obviously, Trent Williams, Morgan Moses, Brandon Sheriff are some of the best at their positions in the league. That left guard spot and that interior backup battle, that is going to be really difficult to sort out. And I don't really know if they have any solid candidates of that bunch. Um, What are your thoughts on that whole uh, mishmash of interior guys they have? Man, that's, that's honestly the thing I'm most scared about this season. Because one injury away, we're one injury away from having Kyle Callis or Tyler Catalina starting to guard, which I'm, a, I'm actually a fan of Catalina. I, I, I remember, I distinctly remember watching some plays last season where he was finishing on run plays and just really giving it his all. Callis is kind of, he's more of an unknown with us, but, you know, I think they can both develop. It's just, it's so, there's so much unknown quantities regarding that. And it, it's thin, it's one injury away from just chaos, so. I don't know. I, I've always liked Bergstrom. You know, I'm a Bergstrom fan. Not because he's particularly good, but he's got experience. Kind of like Laval. You know, why the Redskins were so confident when they re- re-signed Laval. Because, you know, he's got experience, familiarity, and scheme. And he's going to give it his all. I know Bill Callahan loves the guy. So, that's that's one reason I like Bergstrom there. His versatility. I wish we hadn't lost Quanjo to an injury. Because while he was unproven as a starter, he was solid depth too. So, Definitely a lot to sort out there, for sure. Um, I do want to give Laval some credit, though. I know the coaches love him, and I, I don't remember if it was Gruden or Callahan saying he gives it his all every day, 110%, kind of just puts his blood, sweat, and tears into the game. And, you know, you can say that about every player, but people always say, you know, Laval sucks. Let's just get another guy. It's not that simple. You know, I look at the free agent market, and I don't see anyone who is proven to be better than Laval. A lot of them are often injured cast-offs, you know, guys well past the prime of their careers. A lot of them are just names at this point. You know, you bring one in with the assumption that he's going to be better than Laval. Maybe it would improve the depth, but you're not getting better at the starting position. So it's definitely an area of concern. Some of it will work itself out. I don't think I don't think it's going to be settled by the time the season starts, though. There's going to be that uncertainty lingering for a long time. Yeah, and I think this is their most unsettled position on the roster and the biggest area of concern, like you said. It it really is the weakest link, just that depth more than anything else. I agree with you. I don't think Laval is as bad as 
even sometimes you and me make him seem. Uh, I think fine, you can get by with him. Would you like an upgrade? Yeah, but the only one on the market that might be available and might be an upgrade is Jari Evans, and he, I think, is 35 at this point, or yeah. he's, he's well into his 30s, so there's no guarantee that he would be able to play at a high level anymore. Uh, in that backup interior battle, I I just don't see any candidates that are really going to emerge. Um, I'm still holding out hope that they try to move TJ Clemmings to guard. Um, I've I've been talking about that all offseason. Clemmings was not great at tackle and has never been great at tackle during his career. Um, he moved from, I believe, the defensive line to play O-line at Pitt very late in his career. Um, so he's still developing there, but he has the athletic traits needed that he could be a really good pulling guard. And, and you know, if Bergstrom can hold down that backup center spot, that's fine. And the one guy I'm looking at is Casey Dunn, the undrafted guy from Auburn. He's had an up-and-down camp so far. Um, he's gotten blown up by some starters, um, but he was he was good handling Andre Pipkins, I think. Yep. I think he handled Andre Pipkins today pretty well, uh, from what I heard. So he's a guy I'm looking at maybe as a practice squad guy. But, yeah, I think they have to hope that their offensive line stays healthy because if they get into trouble and they have to rely on, like, Ty Insecki and TJ Clemmings and Jerron Christian, who needs some time to develop, they could end up in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, and I can see the Clemmings move because they drafted Jerron Christian. You know, they got that tackle depth there. You know, they could they could stand to, you know, try something new, which they, they did today. Not the right tackle, not the tackle you wanted, but there were reports today out of training camp that uh, Ty and Seiki took some reps at guard. So I don't know how, I don't know what to think about that right now either. Everyone said you want your five best offensive linemen out there. I've been a tepid advocate of that move until recently. I've kind of been rethinking it. You know, maybe Laval is our best option there. It's nothing to freak out about right now because I think it was only like one or two snaps. It wasn't anything major, but they're definitely, you got to think that they they have that in the back of their mind. Like we could always be better. So, and you brought up that we're hard on Laval. I want to apologize to Laval. I know if he's not listening, but earlier in the off season, I didn't really pay attention to anything else. I just kind of, I was researching a little bit for an article and I just looked up his pro football focus grade and then I went with that and then I just... I just wrote a paragraph, a scathing review, and I felt I didn't really appreciate the good stuff he brings because he's not great past the prime of his career, but, you know, he's he, he gives you something. He gives you a fallback, and, you know, a lot of people don't appreciate that. It's not like we have a gaping hole there. You know, he's played with Trent Williams. They've got some chemistry. He's average to below average as a player. Past pro, not known for that. Run blocking is what he's known for, but it's not the end of the world, and I think we'll I think we'll get by. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, you have moments, sometimes you write stuff and you're like, oh, well, now I think something else. So people change. It's all good. People change. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we just have one position left on offense if you want to round, round out with the tight ends. Um, I'm thinking they just keep the three, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, Jeremy Sprinkle. Um, Sprinkle will be the blocking tight end, Vernon Davis the backup, and you know, Jordan Reed has looked good at camp so far, and I guess he's bulked up to 245 pounds, so maybe he'll finally be durable this year. Um, I, I like the talent they have there. It's just all about if Reed can stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, tight end, we don't need to do mental exercises here. I think they're keeping three. Uh, there are some guys 
there are some guys in the back. Garrett Hudson, Manessa Garner. I know Hudson has some fans out there. He was at Richmond for Kyle Lalletta. He he had decent production there. He was the school's career receiving leader, I think, at tight end. Which, you know, looking at the records, it's not it's not great because it wasn't it wasn't super impressive numbers. But that is notable that he was consistent. And then Manessa Garner, he's been here for a while. Ultimately, though, I think they are just gonna keep three. They kept four in the past, kind of keeping Niles Paul as a special teams kind of guy. But I think they're definitely keeping. Uh, three there the biggest thing about tight ends is Jordan Reed he's been looking good he's actually healthy fingers crossed knock on wood he is the key to this offense you know he opens up the middle he's a really good receiving threat he's awful blocker but you know we can get past that because he brings so much in the receiving game and you know such a mismatch for linebackers if if he can stay healthy pick up where he left off in 2016 2015 Alex Smith and this Redskins offense can be very good and so I hope I hope it continues but we'll have to monitor training camp for that yeah for sure I'm excited to see how he does maybe yeah. he'll have a similar production to Kelsey if he stays on the field yeah. but yeah that might be a stretch if if you know if he's healthy he's comparable talent to Kelsey I mean I don't think anyone would disagree with that after you know, health is definitely a very important factor because you got to, you know, availability is the best ability, as a lot of people say. So, you know, if he's out on the field, he's not as good a blocker as Kelsey in any stretch of the imagination, but he's just as much as a receiving threat. You know, he can make the spectacular catches. He can make guys miss after the catch. So it, it all depends on his health. And right now he's healthy. Let's hope it stays that way. We are out of time, guys. We're at 33 minutes. So we're going to let you go. Uh, we'll We'll have to touch on defense sometime. We only managed to touch on the offense, but a lot of good stuff here. Keep checking up with uh, Rigo's Rag, our content. We'll be putting up new stuff on training camp every day. Uh, make sure you comment, you know, give your thoughts. We're always open to new thoughts. And, you know, as training camp comes along, there's not a lot set in stone. So if you got a thought, crazy idea, if you think Fish Smithson is going to play tight end, you know, I wouldn't believe you, but go ahead. We're, we're open to everything here. So thanks for listening, guys. As always, peace out. Have a good night.